Welcome to City First Church. We are so glad that you are here. I want to say hello to City First anywhere, everyone watching online, everyone watching in Cape. And can we make some noise for our guy behind bars locations, Dixon and Hardy. We love you guys. Everybody here is Spring Creek. We are continuing a series called At the Movies, where we're looking at some Hollywood blockbusters as uh, modern-day parables. Jesus taught parables. These were stories, illustrations that uh, people in Jesus' day would have connected to. And for us, that, that's often movies. And so uh, we've been looking at, uh, we're looking at four movies this month. The first one we looked at was Black Panther, Wakanda forever, everybody. Uh, and we looked at, like, you know, how there can be some challenges that come against God's purpose for our lives. Then we looked at Apollo 13 and how uh, God has given us everything we need uh, for godliness, and God has given us everything we need to handle our situations. If you missed either one of those messages, I encourage you to go back and check out those messages. Now today, we're going to be looking at a movie, Incredibles 2. It's an animated film. And uh, it is the first, uh, it is the sequel to the first installment of a story about a family of five who have various superpowers. Now, uh, it begins, Incredibles 2 begins in a season of their life where superheroes are using their powers in public have been made illegal. So they have some challenging times uh, in the day that they're living in. And I want you to check out this very, very interesting dinner that this family has. So go ahead and check out this clip. Did you wash your hands? With soap? Did you dry them? I did. They're good, and you're going to have some. Mm. Are we going to talk about it? What? The elephant in the room. What elephant? I guess not, then. You're referring to today. Yeah, what's the deal with today? We all made mistakes. For example, you kids were supposed to watch Jack-Jack. Babysitting. Well, you guys did the important stuff. We talked about this. You're not old enough to decide about these things. We are old enough to help out. Yeah. Isn't that what you tell us, Dad? Yeah, well, help out can mean many different things. But we're supposed to help if there's trouble. Well, yeah. Aren't but... you glad we helped today? Yeah, I know, but... You said that you were proud of well, us. Well, yeah, I was. And... We want to fight bad guys. I give you bad guys. No, you don't. You said things were different now. And they were. On the island. But I didn't mean that from now on... So now we've can... got to go back to never using our power. It defines who I am. We're not saying you have... What? Someone on TV said it. Can, can we just eat the dinner while it's hot? Did we do something wrong? Yes. No. We didn't do anything wrong. Superheroes are illegal. Whether it's fair or not, that's the law. The law should be fair. What are we teaching our kids? To respect the law. Even when the law is disrespectful? If laws are unjust, there are laws to change them. Otherwise, it's chaos. Which is exactly what we have. I just thought it was kind of cool. What was? Fighting crime. As a family, it was cool, but it's over. The world is what it is. We have to adapt. Are things bad? Things are fine. May I be excused? All 
When I first watched this movie with my son, I, I found this particular clip to be a little eerie because I'm like, isn't this how dinner is for a lot of us? Like, we'll be talking about something and then my son asked to be excused to go watch Blue's Clues as fast as he can. And you're just like, you, you, we can find ourselves um, at a table, uh, whether it's with our family or our friends, in a very, very challenging world with m- discussions around many, many things. And then when you try to collide the worlds between parents and children, we live in virtually different worlds at all times. I, I live in a world of, of, of preaching and writing and coaching and paying bills, okay? My kids live in a world of first grade education, recess, naps, and snacks. That's their whole world. That's all they think about, okay? And somehow those worlds are supposed to collide over spaghetti and meatballs at 5.30. It's like, like and we're trying to, to connect and they're trying to make sense of the world around us. Okay, so we have to stay home. Why do we have to stay home? There's a deadly disease, okay? They're like, what? What does that mean? And it's like, it can, there can be tension. There can be tension in our families. There can be tension in, at our jobs. There can be tension at our schools. And, and here's what I want you to know this weekend. We will subtly drift apart if we're not intentional with our relationships. If we're not intentional with our dinner tables. If we're not intentional with our lunch tables. Because here's what I know about you and here's what I know about me. We all have people in our life that we used to be close to two years ago. Isn't that interesting? That we all have people, we all have friends that we go, yeah, whatever happened to Marcus? Yeah, we used to be, we used to be close. And, and, and subtly, we just drifted apart. I, I, I remember uh, there, there were a group of guys that I would play basketball with three, four times a week. I didn't even have their phone numbers. I didn't need it. I saw them almost every day. And then the gym shut down. And then it was just like we just subtly drifted apart. And I I just, man, I just, maybe you experienced something similar. Perhaps you switched jobs and you were close with the group and then you switched schools. And, And then there's those relationships that have drifted because of elephants in the room. Like Violet, the daughter in Incredibles 2, said, are we going to talk about the elephant in the room? Yeah. And, and for us, we, we've had an unprecedented amount of tension that just exists all around us. There are more landmines than ever before. There are more eggshells than ever before. You can't say nothing, nowhere. You walk in everywhere. You online like, I want to say Merry Christmas, but are the Hanukkah people going to get mad at me? You're like, like, like everything is... It, 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 me and my friends call it T and G, touch and go. You're like, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. Careful, you better be. Because there's tension around politics. There's tension around race. There's tension around mask and COVID guidelines. There's tension around parenting styles. There's tension around lifestyle decisions. There's tension around work schedules. I mean, there's so many opportunities for us to be offended, so many opportunities for us to not be on the same page. I primarily work from home, which my children don't understand what that means. They just know dad's home, which means he's available for snack time and recess in their minds. And so I, I, was, I was speaking virtually uh, for somebody the other day from my house. And so I, I tried to tell my kids and I'm like, hey, I need y'all to be as quiet as you possibly can. Daddy's got to record something. They're like, 
What's a podcast? We don't care. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like, dude, we're, this is our house too. Like, we're just like my, my youngest son is two years old. Like, you can't explain that to him. And so I even find myself going, oh, my kids, what are they doing? And like, and I can hear them while I'm presenting, and it's just, and before you know it, it's very, very small things that create the long-term drift. It's one argument at a time. It's one missed curfew at a time. And all of a sudden, you just keep sweeping things under the rug before you know it. It's just covered with a fence from years. I can't tell you how many people I know right now who don't even have a relationship with their kids at all. They don't even speak. They, they, don't, they, 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 don't, they don't even talk to one another. I know siblings that don't even speak. These drifts can happen with family members. These drifts can happen with friends. These drifts can happen between colleagues. And do I even need to say a drift can happen in a dating relationship or marriage? What happens when you're falling asleep next to someone and you're only inches apart physically, but you couldn't be any further apart emotionally? And you just, you can just kind of wake up and just go, how did we get here? How did we drift apart? What, what did we allow to happen in our world to make us lose the, the relationships that we value the most? And how do we get so busy with our career and so busy with our school? How do we just keep surviving a pandemic and just let our relationships fall to the wayside? How did we get here? One step at a time, which is really good news for you and me. Because how do we get back to the relationships that we want to have? How do we get to a place where we actually want to be the exact same way? One step at a time in the other direction. But we have to be intentional. And so today, I just want to give you, I want to give you two verses. Two, two verses that I think can drastically change every relationship you have. And I like to call them the one another's. In fact, I try to live my life by the one another's. If you're ever having relational tension, relational challenges whatsoever, open the scripture and just find the one another's. Whatever one another you come across, ask yourself, have I done that one another? I'm only going to give you two today, okay? The first one another is found in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. It says, but encourage one another. Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage one another. Let me ask you this question. How would somebody in your world describe you? Because you might hear encourage one another and you're like, right, that's a pretty basic verse. I know, but have you actually applied it? Like would people say you're encouraging did you know that the common denominator of successful relationships is that they have a high degree of appreciation? That's the common denominator of successful relationships. Whether it's a work relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, it's two people going, I just appreciate you. Oh, th th thank you for coming to work early. Thanks for doing the dishes. Thanks for taking out the trip. Hey, you do bath time all the time. I just wanted to let you know I appreciate you. You want to know the relationships we get the most bitter about are the ones where we don't feel valued, where we're secretly going, they don't see all the hard work I'm doing. They, have you ever been washing the dishes, wishing your spouse was there to see you do it? You're like, where's she at? 
I'm going to wait till she get home. I'm going to just sit here and wait till she get home. She, Are you home? You hear the garage open. you like, you go to the kitchen. You're like, yeah, yeah, I've been here the whole time. You're going to value me, okay? Okay, what you say? If we're honest, wouldn't we say that a lot of our relationships, a characteristic that would describe it, would be by a high degree of criticism? Not appreciation. People can be mean. It's 2021. Hello? Critical, nitpicky. But you and I got to be honest. It's really hard to be close to someone that's constantly that, right? Isn't that how a lot of us drift? You just got tired of being criticized. You're just like, I don't know what you want from me. I don't know that I can live up to your expectations. And what happens in a lot of our relationships is that we assume our loved ones already know what we appreciate about them. And we need to make them aware of everything they need to improve on. Every married person knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like they're going, she knows. She knows I love her. I married her, didn't I? Come on. He knows. Come on. He knows. He knows. She knows. Of course. Managers and leaders think, what are you talking about? I hired. They got paid last Friday, right? Of course I appreciate that. I showed the appreciate. They got a bonus, didn't they? They know. Of course. There was one time I was going on and on about my wife. In a sermon, just bragging about her, told her, told this really great story. And I got off the stage and I just got convicted by the Lord and said, have you actually told her? Great story to share with the group, but you kind of forgot to tell her. She knows. How? When would she have, when did, when, when did I eloquently write out this story and say, oh, babe, listen, I'm telling this great story about John Sunday. You're going to get a real kick out of it. Like, it'd be great if you could tell me at dinner. Like, at some point, each and every one of us has to wrestle with what the ratio of encouragement to criticism is in our home. What is your dinner table going to be marked by? What do you want your dinner table to be marked by? We have to be Intentional. When I talk to people who aren't on speaking terms with family members, especially with parents, there usually comes this uh, story of disapproval of something and a constant disapproval. Nothing was ever good enough. And when I talk to parents and I go, tell me, tell me about the relationship with your kids, they would always say, I love them. And I'm going, how, how didn't the kid get the message? How, how often did you actually Tell them they, they accidentally drifted, but you're not going to accidentally get close. You're going to have to be intentional. So here's a rule of thumb I'd encourage all of us to live by. Assume they don't know how much you appreciate them. Assume they're clueless. Every single one of us, with the people that we love the most, our we should just, every single day, wake up. They probably don't know. They, they probably don't know. They probably haven't been encouraged in a long time. Error on that side of generosity with your words. You want to know the, what's interesting over the last year and a half? Any person that I've talked to that has contracted COVID-19, this is what they have said. They were shocked by how many people didn't call them to check on them. That's the common denominator. It was like they had 14 days to go, who are my real friends? They, this person didn't call me. This, this, my child didn't call me. <laughs> my brother didn't. 14 whole days. I could have I been gone. 
And they didn't even, they didn't even call. And, and that's what can happen with a lot of us is a lot of us aren't encouraging because we haven't been encouraged. And so because no one encouraged us in our dark times, we're like, we don't have anything to give anybody else. And so it's very, very hard. It's like, I've been beaten up and this, this hurts me. So Ryan, you're asking me to, do, to give something I've never gotten before. I don't even know what it sounds like. That's how hard some people's lives have been. That's how many, many toxic environments some people have grown up in. They've been so hurt for so long, they don't even know what it's like to be kind to somebody else. And my heart breaks for those people. And what I want you to know this week, is what I believe to be some good news. As much as you've suffered, your relationships don't have to. As much as you've suffered, your relationships don't have to. As much as you've endured, you can start encouraging the people you love today. Like, you can make that decision today. Did you know that you can be in a bad mood and send an encouraging text message at the exact same time? It's actually a life hack. It's actually not even true of who you really are in the moment. But guess what? It's true of who you want to be. So, so what are we doing when we do that? We're giving what we wish we were receiving. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. It's to go, you know what, I'm not, I'm not there right now, but I want to be there. So let me let my words go somewhere where I want to be. And, and if nobody at your job is encouraging, you might work at a place that isn't very encouraging. But guess who works there? You do! So be the person that says, well, I'm going to start being encouraging. Did you know most of us make conclusions about groups from one person? Um, me and my wife, we sent uh, our neighbor some cookies. They had just had a baby. You know what he texted me? He said, dude, I just moved from L.A. People don't do that in L.A. Like, wh where are we? Wh what's happening in our neighborhood? I'm like, one person sent you cookies. That's the power that you and I have. It only takes one story for it to be true. You're one email away from everyone at your job going, man, this is a really encouraging place. People, people send encouraging emails. They are pre I feel valued here. Somebody sees me. This is, this is an amazing place to work. Why? Not because it's really that amazing of a place to work. It's because you work there. It's because you live there. Uh, did you know that uh, like all it would take is for you to encourage your kid on, on a deep level for them to go, my parents are encouraging. In my home, it was this way. Why? Because you live there. The writer of Hebrews says, but encourage one another. <sighs> Guys, he says daily. <laughs> like some of y'all were with me. You're like, okay, I can do this. Thanksgiving, we're going to be grateful for them. It's going to be awesome. Ryan said do it. Okay, I can just apply this. Next holiday, it's going to be great. Daily, that's like. Every day. <laughs> Who's that encouraging? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of I, I like that challenge for you and me that we should look for someone every single day to encourage. Let me ask you this question. Who in your world right now could use some encouragement? Did somebody come in your mind? Did somebody just pop in your mind. Let me ask it this way. Who in your world right now couldn't use some encouragement? You ever met somebody that says, I don't need any encouragement at all. I'm good. I'm good. Full of positivity, guys. Don't worry about me. We're good. 
we're straight, don't need any kind of encouragement, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You, you go pass that encouragement to somebody else. Nobody. Because I need it. And so do you. Imagine if we just decided, you know what? I'm going to encourage every, I'm going to encourage somebody every single day. Because somebody needs it. At my job, at my school, in my neighborhood. In fact, who doesn't? If you're a student, your teacher needs encouragement. Your principal needs encouragement. Teachers, I don't have to tell you your students need it. Husbands, your wives need encouragement. And it would mean the world coming from you. Wives, your husbands need to be encouraged. And I know they hunt, and I know they're strong, and I know they go fishing, and they, they, they do all these manly things, and they look super, but maybe they're not. Maybe they've got a kryptonite, and they need somebody to come alongside them and say, you're going to be okay. We all need encouragement. This next clip I want you to see from Incredibles 2 um, is where the mom, Helen, uh, gets an opportunity to go back to work. Yet the dad, for her to do that, the dad has to stay at home and take care of the kids for the first time in his life. So I want you to check out this clip. All we need now are the superest superheroes. It needs you three. Come on. Help me make all supers legal again. This sounds great. Let's get this going. What's my first assignment? That enthusiasm is golden. Now hold on to it. But for our first move, well, Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? <clears throat> I mean, she's good. She's uh, really a credit to her. But, uh, you know. <laughs> you know. With great respect, let's not test the whole insurance will pay for everything idea on the first go-round, okay? So we're going to solve all kinds of problems together after the perfect launch with Elastigirl. So, what do you say? What do I say? <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? A few hours ago, you were saying it was over and being a superhero was a fantasy. Now you get the offer of a lifetime and you don't know? It's not that simple, Bob. I want to protect the kids. So do I. From jail, Bob! And how do you do that? By turning down a chance to change the law that forces them to hide what they are? They haven't decided what they are. They're still kids. Kids with powers, which makes them supers, whether they decide to use those powers or not. I'm just not sure I can leave. Of course you can leave. You've got to, so that I, we can be supers again, so our kids can have that choice. <laughs> so you can have that choice. All right, yes, so I can have that choice. And I would do a great job, regardless of what Devers pie charts say or whatever. But they want you. And you'll do a great job, too. That was excruciating to watch. <laughs> you know what's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break you'll it. You'll be great. I know I will. But what about you? We have kids. I'll watch the kids, no problem. Easy. Easy, huh? You're adorable. Well, if there is a problem, I'll drop this thing and come right back. You won't need to. I got it. You go. Do this thing. Do it so I can do it better. 
No sugar bombs on my watch. Where's Mom? She's up and out. She's at her new job doing hero work. Put your homework in your pack. Bye-bye. In the county of Nodoff, the frubbers of Freep are all giving in to the sweet sucker of sleep. Why would they change math? Ah, math is math. Okay, math Dad. is math. I'll just wait for Mom to get back. What? Well, she won't understand it any better than I do. All over Dusseldorf, the fribbers of Frupp are going to sleep because they just can't keep up. All over Dusseldorf, Dussels are dozing. Her eyelids so heavy, they're drooping. Closing! The point is, everyone, everyone's hitting the sack. Everyone's getting the sleep that they lack. How was Violet's date? Uh. That was tonight, right? Oh, yes? Good. All fine and good. And Jack-Jack went down with no trouble? Fine. Yes, no trouble. And Dash got his homework done? All done. So things haven't spiraled out of control the moment I left? Amazing as it may seem, it has been quite uneventful, in fact. How about you? I saved the runaway train! <laughs> it was so great! The mayor was there to cut the ribbon on this new train. And, you know, ceremony to Elastigirl pursued the train and was able to successfully activate the... Blah, blah, blah. He says a few words, cuts the ribbon, and the train starts pulling out of the station backwards. Bandit. The track of its brand-new hover train. Hover train malfunctioned. Thanking Elastigirl. Into an almost... successfully... Superhero Elastigirl. 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 Boom! No casualties! <laughs> Specialized motorbike saving all of the passengers. Police and city officials. I go after it. I'm telling you, honey, it was a saga. That's fantastic, honey. And on your first night, I am so proud of you. Really. I'm proud of you, honey. I know you want to get out there, and you will soon. And you'll be amazing. I couldn't have done this if you hadn't taken over so well. Thanks for handling everything. It's nothing. <sighs> I love you, honey. I'll be back soon. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams, honey. <laughs> Roles in a marriage can get interesting in 2021, to say the least. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, the day and age that we live in, sometimes it can be difficult to be happy for one another. Sometimes it can be, okay, well, how much energy are we going to give to your thing and then the kids thing and then it's like oh we're all in on soccer now are we all in on their sport okay are we all in on your career and then what does our home revolve around and uh, this last one another that I, I want us to look at is found in first peter 4:10. it says serve one another with the particular gifts god has given each of you as faithful dispensers of the magnificently varied grace of God. Serve one another. 
I think we all have the temptation to believe that whatever it is that we're gifted to do, it's for us. That the world revolves around, well, our, our gifts. But our gifts are for others. They're not for ourselves. We are here to help other people, to serve one another. I think it's crucial that we make space for each other's gift and live with the mindset that we're going to serve other people with ours. Sometimes when we're in a room, it's like, well, I'm the guy and I'm in charge. And it's, a, it's about my gift. And sometimes you can actually diminish everyone else's gift to make room for yours. But I think there is something special that happens with us when we go, you know what? Whatever, whatever the God has blessed me with, whatever gifts I've been given, I'm here to serve one another. I found this to be true. It is very, very difficult to break up two people who are constantly asking this question. How can I serve them? How can I serve them? Those two people, very difficult to break up because they're both waking up with this mindset of going, I'm here to serve. And they look at their kids and they're going, how can I serve them? And we wish that our kids were looking back at us going, no, how can we serve you? But no, they're going, how, how can I serve? And it's interesting that even when we're getting into romantic relationships, the question is this, well, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? What is it that you're, well, what, what's your type? What, what are you looking for? And, and typically what they would go down is someone with my preferred faith. Like if, they could, if, they're, if they're a good Christian, that'd be great. A Christian, I would take that for some, for some singles. They're like, as long as they go to church, listen, they could go to Chipotle. It won't make them a burrito. But hey, nevertheless, they were there, okay? Uh, someone with my preferred appearance, you know, I want them to be 6'3", okay? Someone with my preferred income, someone with my preferred politics, someone with my preferred personality. I've never heard anyone say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Someone I can serve. Never heard anyone say that. You know what I'm looking for? Someone I can serve. But if, if that was you, it's how you stay married. Dare I say, it's how you get married. Being the type of person that simply says, you know what, I'm looking for someone to serve. That even when I go to work, I'm not thinking about, okay, how can I get to the top of the food chain so other people can serve me? No, I'm just going to serve. You know what Jesus came to the planet to do? Serve. And if I was a disciple, I would have argued with Jesus. I would have said, hey, you're king of kings. Actually, we're good. We'll do the serving. And he's going, no, 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 you don't understand how being the king of kings works. We all serve. Whatever gift you've been given in this life is for other people. It's for, it's for other people. Can you imagine if we were the most encouraging and willing to serve people in our homes, at our jobs, at our schools, at the gym? We just, we're just that kind of person. Hey, if you're around me, you're going to get encouraged. And yes, you might get served too. Uh, over the past month and a half has been um, pretty challenging for me. Um, my pastor, um, at the age of 56, passed away from COVID-19 three weeks ago. Um, and it's been a very challenging time for me personally. Um, he was um, a mentor, a friend. Um, he was the type of person that would call me every two weeks and pray for me over the phone. Because you got people in your life that say, hey, I'll, I'll be praying for you. 
But then you got those real special people that like pray for you in the moment. They're not waiting for later. There is no tomorrow. They're like, no, we're going to pray for you right now. Um, so it's, it's been a massive loss for me. And at the same time, um, I'm, I'm riding different waves of emotions about his life. But if I can be honest, I'm mostly encouraged because of the legacy that he lived. And when I think about so many stories of him, it, it literally brings a smile to my face. And at his memorial service, um, one of our pastors gets up and shares the story of the first time they met my pastor, Ricky Tejada. And, and this is how the story goes. He walks up to the youth pastor in 1986, which is the year I was born, for crying out loud, okay? He walks up to the youth pastor, and he says, Hi, my name is Ricky Tejada. And I went to the pastor of this church, and I asked him where the greatest need was in the church, and he said, the youth ministry. So here I am to serve. The youth pastor goes, Man, that's, that's awesome. So glad to get you connected and plugged in. Can you, could you tell, Ricky, uh, how long have you gone to the church? And he says, Well, actually... It's my first Sunday. And I'm just here to serve. I'm just here to serve. Hey, it might be your first time today. No pressure. But what kind of person does that? An awesome one. And he served our church for 35 years and eventually became the senior pastor. Just showing up and going, is there anything I can do for you? And when you talk to people at, at his memorial service, one guy looked at me, looked me in the eyes and he goes, Ryan, I've known him for 35 years. And all he could say, that he said these two words over and over again, he goes, no ego, no ego, no ego. He just, he just served. What kind of person do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be known as? At the end of my life, I hope people say, man, I, I, I had a chance to hear Ryan, spend some time with Ryan, and he was encouraging. I hope my family goes, man, he wasn't just a stage guy. Trust me, like, my dad was awesome. My husband's awesome. He was encouraging and he served us like crazy. What do you want your story to be? My hope and prayer for each and every one of us is that we would look at these one another's and do our very best to copy and paste them into our lives. God, I thank you so much for City First. I pray, God, that you would help us be the most encouraging person in the room and that we would look for ways to serve one another. Help us to become the people that we actually want to be. Help us go in the direction that we want our relationships to go. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say it.